two village idiots with a love-hate relationship. See, you got fat. So you still look like a 15-year-old girl, but not hot. Who can't stop arguing over Oklahoma sports. You know what, man? Why am I still talking to you? Come on, we were doing good there, man. It's the Just Okay Sports Podcast. Well, Sooner Nation, Thunder Nation, we are back. This is the Just Okay Sports Podcast. I want to reveal Jade, Daryl. I'm here with my brother, Jared, and we've never live streamed before, so we're kind of finding our whoa, way. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, sorry, 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 back up. I've never done the live stream thing before, so yeah. He's, my, my brother has a passing familiarity with what the internet even is, so um what is that yeah it's a thing there's cats on it don't worry about it um yeah i i uh yeah it's funny because i actually pulled up the stream just to make sure everything was good and it's like you're like oh i hope it goes live soon i'm like dude everything we're doing right now (laughs) is going is happening it's just there's a delay um so but yeah no uh we're live streaming now so um hopefully we get some of the boys in the chat from the discord we um, shall see. We shall see. Uh, yeah. We didn't really give anybody a uh, a very big heads up on this, so there probably is no one. But again, it's kind of our trial run here, so we'll see what happens. But speaking of that, um, one thing that would help us a lot is if you guys are willing to subscribe to the YouTube channel or subscribe or follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all those different things. Um, that would be wonderful as well. We would greatly appreciate it. Um, you know, so it would help us out a lot and be exciting for us to see all that stuff and um, try to get this to grow a little bit, all that to say. So please feel free to do all those things. Check all those things out. Um, if you are live with us and in there, please hit the chat um because we are going to try to talk a lot of stuff tonight but we really want to do the live stream because again just to remind you we're not journalists uh we're not insiders we're not whatever we are just fans uh they get together and talk sooner football and so your input has as much validity as anything that we have to say um you know every once in a while do we get lucky to find a tip here or there sure but again um we're not some higher you know, entity or holier than thou of football. Um, again, just fans wanting to talk it all out um, and work it all out. So anyways, that's us. Uh, Jared, you're in Florida. You're in a hurricane. Like, so by the way, can we just, can we just clown on Troy for a little bit? His life is so busy. He can't do the pod tonight. While you, on the other hand, are surviving a global warming phenomena of severe hurricane hitting Florida and you are still on the pod. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, I'm going to have Troy's back here. It didn't do anything here. Um, we had some fa- power flashes. That was about it. I'd like three or four power flashes and they were today. Like I didn't even write. I like uh, our dad called me today and was like, he's like, yeah, make sure you're okay. And everything. I'm like, dude, dad, it's like, I was like, it's dark, like out to the West. The skies are real dark. And then I was like, right over me, it's like sunshine. Like it's it's done. Um, I wouldn't even say I was even told him I was like, it wasn't even where I am. It wasn't even like severe thunderstorm levels. Um, 
Like it, it rained. It like there was probably about a 30 minute to an hour where like the rain level was probably pretty like was pretty high, but that was basically it. Um, so and, and as a matter of fact, so I have a Florida man story because of the hurricane. Are you ready for this? Oh gosh, okay. <laughs> so um I don't know I, if I, was, I really am to be honest, but like here here we go. I, I walked out to the uh the mailbox yesterday uh evening. It was like, you know, five, six o'clock. The uh the house next to me is like I, I don't really know like if they own the house or they're renting. I think they bought the house, but I don't know. I guess one of them did, but there's like four or five uh people that live there that go to UCF, right? Okay. And one of them came over and she was like, Hey, like we're having this uh we're having a hurricane party. Like, so if, if you oh, want to come boy. over or whatever, you're like, well, you know, and she's like, if we're too loud, whatever. And I was oh, so like, she's hitting on you. Okay. I see where this is going now. Yeah. Okay. I, All right. Yeah, I don't, now I, don't I know so. why you wanted to tell this story. Yeah. It, it almost feels, I mean, it's, it's weird now. Cause like, I don't feel like I'm that old, but I'm also like, I'm 35. So a college girl hitting on me is a little weird. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, yeah, they had like, they had a big party last night. There was like 20 people at their house and like, they were, they were just having a time. It was like, nobody cares. Like, and it was so funny because like I had people messaging me like late last night, like, hey, like the storm's getting bad. Like, are you evacuating? I'm like, no, that's like all over in the panhandle and like the the like it's all nowhere near me. So like, I don't even have to worry about it. Um, so, yeah, it's it wasn't a big deal, but it was like it's funny because like literally people here were throwing parties because of the hurricanes. Like that's <laughs> how little which in, like in, I'm in Orlando. So it's kind of like we're far enough inland. That like unless like a super massive hurricane came from the east coast, right? Just had enough energy. It's like nothing from like nothing's gonna come that far from the west and be able to do as I mean, not to say yeah. it can do some damage, but it's not going to. It's gonna dump most of its rain and its wind and all that stuff. Like most of its energy is gonna be gone by then. So, sure. um, but yeah, so I got my first hurricane experience. It wasn't that big a deal. Everybody literally like I was like asking people and like everybody was like, dude, it's whatever. Like nobody, literally, I, I had nobody except one person that's from New York that moved down here was like, oh, my God, like the hurricane. Everybody else was like, I don't care. Like all longtime <laughs> residents, like it's whatever. It's like it's so, such a different it's just such a different attitude than you well, would think. What it is, it's the same attitude as Oklahoma people with a tornado. Right. You start getting the text. Go, hey, I see a tornado's by. Are you OK? And it's like I'm standing on my front porch about to take pictures of it. Like, what? Well, yeah, yeah, everything's fine. Like, well, I, it's you know, it is what it is. So, you know. Um, everybody down there gets used to it and all those good things. But speaking of a hurricane, college football is upon us. It is here. The storm that we hope will be a ridiculously suffocating, physical, nasty Venables defense returning to us in 2023 is all of what, like 48 hours, 72 hours away here. Um, and so it's time to talk about it. So Obviously, some of the big things, the depth chart comes out uh, this week. And so let's just start there. Jared, was there anything about the depth chart? I know it's kind of been talked about some already, but was there anything for you that stood out uh, on the depth chart for you that really kind of uh, caught your eye or you thought was good or bad or anything else? Well, I mean, yeah, there's a few things that I think surprised a whole lot of people. Uh, like, you know, we have. Marcus Major and Tali Walker as basically uh, and or RB1, right? <laughs> right. So 
um, which was a little weird just because, I mean, I know, I, I think Sawchuck and Barnes are a little banged up, but um, still kind of almost a little surprising, which we, we've heard a lot of good things about Tawi. So that's, I guess, maybe, maybe we'll see. Like, he's been really impressive in the spring games he's played in. Uh, and like I said, the coaching staff really hyped him up. Um, and then, uh, obviously, the other one to me was, uh, uh, Andrew, is it Andrew or Andrew? Is it Andrew? Andrew, Andrew? Andrew. On, or on. I've heard it both ways. Anthony. Anthony is the one I've heard the most. Uh, yeah, he him being uh, uh, wide receiver one was pretty uh, like he's he is the the starting receiver. There's no or next to his name. Um, so you know that was a little not not to say like because I think we all thought he had potential, but just the fact that um, I guess for him it's just that the fact that I think it's so clear that he's the the number one. Um. So, you know, there, there's a lot. I think there's a lot. Uh, and then the only other one that really surprised me was Key Lawrence is behind Reggie Pearson. Um, I mean, I think they're listed. Yeah, they're listed as or, but still, it's kind of like we kind of talked about this um, a little bit where it was like. Key Lawrence keeps having those flashes, but it's like I, I now it's like it makes sense in a way of has he done anything that he would have locked down that position like Woody Washington. Right. Probably done enough to lock down his position or Danny Stutzman or, you know, I don't know. You go down the list, Drake Stoops. Like, I think you knew when you got the depth chart that those guys were going to be uh, kind of ahead of the pack or whatever, right, of their of their position groups. Sure. Um, but the fact that Key Lawrence isn't, that he's uh, sharing an or spot with Reggie Pearson is kind of a little, uh, I mean, maybe Pearson's that good. I don't know. I, I mean, I kind of anticipated Pearson to be the starter personally. Um but, I mean, yeah, you'd heard good things about Key as well, right? But, you know, my big thing with Key Lawrence has been, yes, the flashes, but the one consistent thing he's done poorly is tackle, especially in space. Like, he doesn't right. take great angles. And those, you know, and we were joking that one day they were, you know, they let the media come do their uh, filming of, you know, just practice sessions. And even, like, just in a drill one day, he doesn't even make the angle on a guy in a drill, like completely whiffs on a guy. And it's like, okay, man, like that's obviously just the weak point. And I think that that's a strong point for, for Reggie, you know, whereas I would guess my guess would be, I don't know yet that in pure coverage situations, he probably has a little, maybe a little better feel, you know, Pearson likes to get up in the box and tackle a little better, but maybe he has shored that up and sounded that up. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the big scuttle among everybody was the Towie Walker, you know, backup situation. But again, I, from everything you can gather through, you know, internet reading, all that stuff, it sounds like Barnes and Sawchuck have both been banged up a little bit um, here at the end of camp. And, you know, those guys are going to get rewarded. And I mean, look, I don't, if anybody thought Marcus Major wouldn't be the starter if he went through fall camp healthy, I mean, Come on. Well, man. I think I think it's I think everybody like the thing with Marcus Major is it's like every year it feels like he's got like he's had like those really great moments and then he just fades away. Like and you're like, is the dude even on the roster? You know, well, what it's I mean? not like, even fading. It's injuries, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like when he's healthy, he plays and plays really well. well but, like, that, but that's what, what I mean is like he even like when he like he's had times throughout his career. I don't know if it was last year or year before where like he had a really good um you know he was having a really good season or had some good games and then gets injured and it's like he's going to be down for a couple of weeks but then he gets buried on the depth chart because you have somebody else step into the role you know all 
you know, this year could be like, say it happens this year and Sawchuck and Barnes are healthy. It's like, then he's going to get buried again, probably. Um, so that's what I mean is that he kind of fades the back from it is due to injuries, but it's like, um, they, they haven't even hardly, like, I don't even think last year, I don't know when the last time they, they utilized them or the year before it's like, there were times that he was still health or that he was healthy and he still wasn't utilized. Um, but that kind of gives me, I, I kind of, that kind of leads me to a question of mine to you. Okay. Do you feel like, like, we can be honest, we're playing Arkansas state, right? <laughs> do you feel like when you look at this depth chart, do you feel like there's some guys that they're giving a shot? Like, cause if you look at it, there's some of like the more senior guys on the team that you're like thinking like, ah, like, I don't know if I'd put them one necessarily like that wouldn't put them as a walk-in. Do you think that maybe Brent's giving them a chance in this game to prove in a game moment that they deserve that starting spot long-term, right? Like, do you think there's a little bit more experimentation, I guess is a simple way to put it with the depth chart um, compared to going forward? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, so let me say what I think. And then you can tell me, I, maybe I'm misunderstanding your, your question, but I don't think there's as much experimentation going as much as this is a nod of appreciation to guys that have grinded through, right? Yeah. Like, um, now, I think he's giving them not a chance to be the starter. I think he's giving them a chance knowing this is a team that they should have outmatched in such a way to let them get their time, let them get a lot of snaps, and then slowly work in the youth, excuse me, youth movement that you want to see happen. And so I don't, I don't think it's an experimentation. I think it really is to just give a steady, calm start to the game, let the young guys feel it, let them hear the crowd, all the stuff. And then I think as the weeks move along, you're going to see those youngsters, as long as they stay healthy, start moving their way up that depth chart. Does that, does that make sense? I felt like it was more of that of like a Towie Walker, a guy that came as a walk-on, has remained a walk-on, done everything you asked him to do. He like Brent, I mean, just listen to Brent's comment. Um, he's consistent, and his best ability is availability. No, like, none of that's a glowing review, right? The most glowing review he got was he always falls forward, which is a good thing. That's a positive, right? But, like, he didn't say, like, oh, dude, he's been breaking them off, right? Like, oh, I, we can't wait to see this guy. It was he's available, he's consistent, he falls forward. We're going to go with that guy, right? Like, um, and I think you'll see Caleb Hicks. If, if Barnes and Sawchuck are banged up, I think you're going to see Hicks come in as soon as the game gets to a comfortable point and they're going to turn him loose and we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I, I do agree with some of that. I mean, my, my thing is like, I, I guess it's kind of like, I think you agree with me to some degree, maybe you're just like going more towards the motive of it. But like, to me, it's like, you're giving these guys when you're playing a game like this, where you're playing uh, an opponent, you should dominate. Um, then it's like you 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 can give them a little bit of play. You know what I mean? Like you can give them like they have a little bit more room. It's like you're not going to do this against Texas or, you know, whoever. Um, so um, but yeah, I mean, I agree with you. The only one that doesn't like the one thing that kind of torpedoes that a little bit. And I, I'm, it really is interesting. And I want to get your thoughts on this, too, real quick. DJ Graham is like third on the yeah. depth card. Yeah. Which is sad because like I was really pulling for him. I know. Um. So, and maybe it's one of those things, maybe he gets a shot, you know, it's right. I, I have a feeling with DJ Graham and this is just a gut feeling. 
I think if there is anybody on this roster that just makes you go to practice and go, eh. But when the lights come on, like you might watch and go, oh, right? I think DJ might be one of those guys. Like, I mean, just thinking about the spring game, right? Like, do we see him run an excellent route per se? I mean, he ran some good routes, right? Like, moved well. He's not slow. You know, he's plenty fast enough. But the catches he made, the mm-hmm. tough contested catches he made in that game alone just make you go, dude, like, even if he can't get that open, this guy's going to catch everything that comes to him, right? And so I'm hoping that he gets on the field because I've heard there's probably a few receivers that are banged up a little bit right now as well. And I hope he just turns it on and goes nuts. And then yeah. maybe in SMU he can do the same to where maybe his practice doesn't earn his trust of the coaches as much. It's just, dude, every time we put this guy in the game, something good happens, right? Yeah, like, exactly. it, it just, it, it, it's good happens. And so I'm hoping maybe that for him, because I'm the same. Obviously, I'm going to be changing my pick because this is my last chance to do so. Oh, okay. <laughs> I picked, I picked DJ Graham to be the, not only the breakout player on the offense, I also picked him uh, to be the leading receiver <laughs> for OU yeah. this season. Uh, that's not going to happen. So yeah. um, I will definitely get away from that for sure. So um, and not do that one with, without a shadow of a doubt. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think some of that. So let me ask you this, just one more on the depth chart. How surprised were you that Ethan Downs was the starter? I mean, yeah, but he he's he is. But there's a lot of like when you look at this depth chart, there's a lot of ors. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, so it's Ethan Downs or Trace Ford. Right. Um. So yeah, d- but that aside, yeah, I'm still surprised. Um. But again, I think like maybe it's uh, that's that's kind of even like it's things like that that sort of led me to the whole. What is the reasoning behind that? As far as, um, like why is it that way? Because it's like I said, I we should you would think Trace Ford would dominate uh ethan down's chance to play you know uh right or or even like honestly even uh grimes probably you know like there's just a lot of guys that so far have seen it but again it's like it's also i guess here's my here's my hopium for it we've seen that we've seen that ethan downs has apparently gone through some changes as far as physically they've uh you know they've changed his um you know, his workout style, he's gained, he, I think he lost weight and then gained a little back, you know, like, I think they're trying to make him a little bit more, um, lean and quick, you know? So if that's the case, maybe he's just, maybe he's been proved that much. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Um, so we'll see, but yeah, I mean, it, it does surprise me a little bit, but it's, I, there's this game we should see the thing that people need to keep in mind, because I have seen some people freaking out about the death chart on Twitter and, whatever else. Um, and it's like, look guys, like it's Arkansas state. It's the first game of the season. You're going to see a ton of, there's going to be a ton of rotation. We're going to see a lot of the freshmen play. You're probably going to see Jackson Arnold play. Um, you know, you're going to see a lot of, a lot of guys get some stuff in garbage time, especially. So it's like, this is going to be their time. This is their time. This they're going to treat this. And I hate, I almost hate saying it because I hate talking about it. Even though I know it's Arkansas state, I hate talking about teams like that, but it's like, in the fourth quarter, third or fourth quarter, it sh- you should be just being able to experiment. Like at that point, you should be able to have it almost treat it like a scrimmage and say, 
Let's yeah. throw a freshman out there. Like you said, let him hear the roar of the crowd, be in the big stage, you know, and see how he handles it. Um, so I think there's a lot of that going on across it. And I think they're going to do that throughout the game, but it'll obviously get more and more as the game goes on. So, but I mean, how shocked were you that, cause I know like, I don't say you're not an Ethan Downs fan, but you haven't been a guy that you thought Ethan Downs is the caliber that we need. Uh, yeah. I mean, um, uh, you know, like we said, which by the way, shout out to Kamiar over at Bud, uh, Bud Barry Bob and Beer. Uh, that was a fun crossover we did, but kind of like we were saying with them, like you're rooting for the kid to do great. Because, again, he has done nothing but bleed crimson, right? Mm -hmm. He's an Oklahoma Preps kid, which, I mean, even this podcast, we we try to cover some of these kids that are in the state that are great players because that's that's what we focus on. It's what we're about. And we love seeing those kids on the roster. I mean, we were two of the guys, like um, many, I mean, not I'm not trying to make it sound like we're the only ones, but, I mean, all of us were clamoring for more Oklahoma kids on the roster, you know, and he comes in and, do, again, just does nothing but everything you ask and more, right? But again, yeah. there there is a lack of athletic ability there um, at that position. Now, um, we'll see, you know, uh, maybe the drop in 15 pounds will make him a little lighter on his feet. But again, I just don't see a lot of bend. I don't see a lot of twitch there. I see a kid that's really strong and plays with incredible motor, incredible effort. But again, I think I I think you're insane to to think that uh, Bothroyd and Ford are not ahead of him right now. Yeah. I, I think you're crazy if you don't believe that even R. Mason Thomas is ahead of him right now. And look, if you actually give snaps to PJ out of Baraway, he's going to surpass him by the end of the year, right? So mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's kind of where it's at. Again, I feel like it's a nod a little bit to you have helped set the culture here, right? You have helped set the standard. You've helped us strip this down to the studs and build it back up. Let's go see what you can do, you know? And again, you're you're never going to watch a game and be disappointed in his effort. Let's be honest. We've seen some teams in years past where the effort has been questioned, and that's not going to happen with Ethan Downs on the field. So, yes, a little bit of a shock, um, but again, not totally – um, I, I think I kind of understand why, why they're there and why they're doing what they're doing. So, um, that'll be that. Now that's the depth chart. Was there anything from BB's press conference or any interview? Did you even get to watch any oh. of that? This, we didn't even talk about this beforehand. I did see that, what, what was it that BB said uh, about just a funny thing? Hang on, sorry. Hi, My dog is wanting to voice his opinion now. Um, <laughs> The uh, what was it? If he got like, if the some post got a million likes or something, then he was gonna do frost tips. Yeah, on his but hair. They, that... they, I watched the whole clip. He never agreed to that. It was like the the account just put that out there. Like maybe they talked with him offset. I don't know. But the, if you go the watch BV, that clip, he never says it. BV BV would like probably would do that. Honestly, I think he, he would might. do something. He's 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 very engaged with the fan base and the. I'm sure the players are going to want it and stuff like that. So I feel like he would probably do it. But anyway, um, just kind of a funny thing, I thought. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I, it's, I do feel like one thing like this is kind of like not anything um, probably that you want to talk about, but it, he isn't as much like you, we were talking about. I think we talked about it with uh, Kim, Kamiar about like how he was so bad about ranting on. Yes. And, you know, he didn't seem like he ran it on as much. It doesn't seem like he's trying to show his hand as much. Um 
So I think that they have worked with him a lot on that. It doesn't feel like it still feels like Brent. It just didn't feel like he was, they would ask him a question, then him go on for 15 minutes and talk about every Uh player on the roster. Yeah. So so, that felt a lot better. So we have not talked about this in a public forum. We talked about it a little bit off, you know, off camera with Kamiar last week, but so here's my, my insider thing that I, that I know that's probably not a, secret really to anybody but probably other people don't think it's as big of a deal as i do but um i have been fortunate enough to uh be invited to be a part of this leadership training program uh that's a national chain it's a big 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 to do deal right and they've done some great stuff with some you know big fortune 500 companies things like that and um so anyways going through that talking with the guy that helps run my deal he randomly mentions, yeah, we're actually starting to do this with the OU football program. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah. And one of the big things this program focuses on is the different personalities of people, right? How they like to communicate, how they, you know, all that stuff, how they like to be communicated with, et cetera. And so, you know, I just know, even for me, I'm a rancher. If you listen to this podcast, I can't keep my answer short. And so that's one of the things they really work with you on is concising your thoughts, right? And getting it to the point and not rambling on. And I've, I've been telling Jared for a while, like I've known about this for a few weeks. Let's watch some press conferences, see how it goes. And his answers have been, he has not given a nine minute answer to a question, right? Um, like my favorite last year was with RJ Young. RJ Young asked him one question and that was the interview because he took all 12 minutes <laughs> Yeah. To answer that one, right? He's not done that this year. And he used this word the other day. What have you been working on? He said efficiency. And I think what he means when he says that is I've got to stop rambling, right? I got, I got to, when we say we're doing team meeting for 15 minutes, it's 15 minutes. When it's coaches meeting for 30, it's 30. I can't, I can't absorb the room for 20 and then expand it into a 45 minute meeting, right? And so, I feel like that is something that he has worked on to get better at. And honestly, I think it will be better for the coaches and the players because they're not losing time or being overwhelmed with so much information. They can't process it. Well, I think that's, you know, it's, it's just, and it's also about being precise in, uh, in, in your speech. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a lot of things like that's something that like, even, I think we saw last year was he would talk so much that people would find some, something he said and try to like extrapolate that into something else. Right. Uh, Because there was just so much meat there that you could do that. Right. Or if you're very precise in your speech, you'd leave less room for that to happen. So, um, you know, I, I think he's getting better at that, but yeah, I mean, I, I unfortunately haven't got to watch, um, uh, I think it's, I watched part of his uh, his press conference, like his actual press conference. And then I watched a little bit of the. Uh, um, oh, what is that? The coach's corner or whatever that that's. Uh-huh. Uh, I watched a little bit of that. So I haven't got to watch either of those fully through. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's he just seems he still seems like Brent. Um, but even even though with like, taking the ranting out of it, he seemed a little bit like he seems excited, but he also seems a little bit more. Uh, I don't say restrained, but you know what I, mean? I don't know how to describe. It. Like he's not nearly as intense. Maybe is that maybe what I would how I describe it? I would just say free. I think I think what you see is is him. 
in those press conference settings, what I see is a guy going, okay, did I answer the question and I need to stop, right? Like it's just, whereas last year it was just who he, it's, it's who he is, right? Like, Hey, what's the deal? Oh man, I, you know, we got to get more physical and what, you know, we're really working on that. And so what we're doing is, is this, this, and this, you know, and like, and that's a mentality thing. Right. And I, and this generation, you know, they, they don't want to in our generation, you know, and he would just circle off. Right. And then he'd come back to soul mission and this and that. And I feel like you see him going, okay, what was I asked? What do I need to say? Have I said that and I'm done. Right. So I think it's him really just trying to think, you know, like you said, and, and be more streamlined and efficient in his, in his time and with his answers. Um, but yes, I think it comes off as more reserved, but mm. I think it's him just trying, it's him being thoughtful. So he doesn't take up the whole, the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, and I think I, that's the thing about Brent that I think people, it's like one of those things that it's like the whole ranting thing. It's like, it's because he's so passionate. You know what I mean? Yes. Like if you ever meet anybody that's super passionate about anything to like, where it's like they live and breathe it. It's like, that's Brent with football. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, and now that he's obviously a coach of Oklahoma, it's OU football. And he's, and he's like, that's what people have to realize too, is like, not to say he doesn't, obviously he has an respect for Dabo and Clemson and those things, but he was at o- OU for 10 years previously. Right. Like yeah. he's a large portion of his career and his growing up in his career was here. So he's got a lot of passion. He's very familiar with Norman. So that's why I think he was so excited last year. And I think there was so much for him to do that. He, that's how he was, but yeah. So, but give me, give me some of your thoughts. Give me, hit me with what you, you thought, like, what are your takeaways? Um, you know, I don't know that there was anything that just overly stood out. I thought he was a little more coach speak, you know, but mm. I would say the biggest thing that I, <laughs> I have gone both ways with this, but everybody's kind of, you know, scratched at him all off season about as you've evaluated yourself, what is it that you feel like that you've had to work on or address or get better at, you know, going into this next year. Right. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's their very pansy way of asking, Hey, time management was terrible last year. Have you improved it? Right. Like game management had, you know, but here's what he said. He said, I have had to realize that I am who I am. And the thing that I, you know, they were asking about because part of that question, I'm sorry, uh, I didn't frame it well. They were trying to ask him about that. And they even asked about his role with the offense and defense and balancing that. And he said, I know, I know defense and I need to be fully involved. And last year I was not. And there's a part of me that excites me because we had such a terrible defense last year that I think him fully involved with the defense makes them better. Right. Um, there's also a part that terrifies me because I wonder what that means for game management and time management and those things. But I think BB is smart though, as well. And he is calculated. And I believe that they're going to have somebody on that staff that that is their role that they trust, that they think is going to be a head coach someday or whatever it is to say, you are game managing the clock, right? Like that's, that is your task while I'm chasing the defense down while I'm signaling everything in and getting this and that going, that's going to be your deal. Uh, but that was the thing that probably stood out to me the most that he admitted that he is going to fully immerse himself into the defense. Um, yeah. I thought was interesting. 
Yeah. And I mean, I know that there was the comments that somebody asked Ted roof uh, and like his about some of the play calling and how is it managed and basically said he calls the play. And then if Brent wants to override it, he can, which I yeah. think we like kind of do anyway, but um, you know, I, I, it's, it's a whole interesting dynamic and it's hard for him. Cause like I said, it's, it's people would need to realize too, that going from a defensive coordinator to a head coach is a totally different ball game. Um, yeah. I would even say it's harder to go from a defensive coordinator to a head coach than it is from an offensive co- coordinator to a head coach to some degree. Um, but it, you know, anyway, it's, it's been, uh, I, like, I, like you said, I think we're going to have to see, that's one of the things that we even talked about in our previous pod was, uh, you know, this one thing I highlighted is we saw some things that I, like I said, I described it as a freshman staff, um, mm-hmm. with clog management, with, uh, with clog management, game management, those sorts of things. Um, and you know, I, I want to see it. I, it's kind of one of those things that we need the, them to start seeing, uh, the forest for the trees, you know, like sometimes yeah. I felt like they got caught in that trap of let's just get this next play done. And, you know, in football, it's, it's just as much of a chess game as any other sport where you've got to start really looking at the whole next quarter or half or whatever. Like you really have to start the game planning ahead. And I don't think they did that much last year. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, that's, very well be. that's interesting. So it will be interesting to see where it goes. Well, let's move on to Saturday, shall we? And let's look at Arkansas State. Um, if you did not know, uh, their head coach is Butch Jones. Uh, who I was actually listening to another podcast that previewed them as a team. Um, and they said Butch Jones is like the rebound girl of Chip Kelly because Chip Kelly was at Central Michigan. Butch Jones is at Central Michigan. Chip Kelly was at Cincinnati. Then he went to Cincinnati. You know, like he's just kind of gone everywhere he's gone. Um, but again, good recruiter. Um, he has bumped them. They I was actually listening to that podcast and they said their last two recruiting classes like averaged in the 90s. And with Butch Jones' first full year there to recruit, he bumped him all the way up into the 60s, um, which, yeah. again, I know is not, you know, top 25, but for Arkansas State, that's a that's a big jump. And so they have brought some talent in. They're, they're, they're some- like, they're getting close to Oklahoma State levels of recruiting, so. <laughs> oh, well played. <laughs> they're getting close. Uh, they're close. Almost there. Almost there. Brady, yeah. I hope you're listening so much. I hope you're listening. Um, <laughs> And so, and John, my friend, John, I hope you're listening, but he would agree with you 100%. So uh, anyway, so uh, they've done that. Now, what is interesting though, is looking at this team from last year, they were ranked 117th offensively overall. Okay. So on the offensive side, they were 117. From a rushing offense standpoint, they were 127th and they were 130th in yards per rush, right? So just starting on that side, that's the offense versus the defense. I would say you feel pretty good, right? Yeah, well, and especially because Levy's more of that run first mentality, right? Like um, he's more of the uh, like he's going to grind it. I mean, he he's more of the uh, I got I hate even saying the name. He's more of that Bryles philosophy of the spread, right? Um, where you're still going to run the ball and try to like and he showed that last year at times. Um, when he didn't want to go three and out on three passes, but anyway, um, so yeah, you feel good. And then, like you said, it's going to give, um, maybe that's going to give us a little bit of a chance to see, like you said, some Tally Walker and, um, um, uh, Marcus major. We'll get to see them really shine and see them actually get some moves because, um, well, hold on just so, just so, cause people may be confused at this point, all those stats was their offense. 
That was oh, their rushing sorry. offense. So, oh, okay, sorry. sorry. I'm, I, okay, then I misunderstood. Yes, yeah, so that's um, their rushing offense, and their offense overall was 117. Yeah, their okay, so yeah. Sorry, sorry, then, so yeah. I, I misheard you then. My bad. So No problem. Yeah, no, I mean, I think when you look at it, it's then that's, yeah, we're going to see downs and everybody that we've had any sort of doubts about should be able to should be able to do what they need to do right um and obviously i feel like even um with down starting i feel like your question marks are kind of more on the depth of the interior of your defensive line than it is the the edge right now um so maybe you're going to be able to see some guys that rotate in it in that that interior and you're going to give them a little bit of time to to push somebody around because that's where you're going to win those sorts of matchups. And it's also going to be, I mean, the linebacker um, discipline, right? Um, mm-hmm. You know, how many times last year did we see, I think that was my thing is like, it was the, in a divinables defense, the, the amount of details we talk about this, I think, I don't know if we talked it on um, with Kamiar, we talked about it on our pod, um, but it's like the fine details of like that 1%, you know, where it's like you had a guy, how many times was Danny Stutzman or whoever like literally a step away from making a play? I mean, literally two or three feet, right? right. Um, and so you have those sorts of things, and it's like you should be able to fine-tune those things in this sort of game and be able to use your athletic ability to still smother them. Um, yeah. But that's where Brent's going to be able to put on film and say, look, like, yeah, you were able to chase that guy down because it's Arkansas State. Um, but you know, you need to be another foot over or you need to be a step this way. Um, so I think this is a good scenario for that, but I, I like, I feel good. I mean, we're going to, this is going to get to showcase, like I said, downs Ford, Bothroyd, all those guys on the defense. Like when you really go to defensive line, there's a lot of guys, we don't know what they're going to be at OU is how I should put that. I guess, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know what they're going to be. Like, we think they're going to be really good. They've got a lot of like trace Ford. We've, we've seen him on the field at Oklahoma state. How is he going to fit? That's like the thing that people, have to understand is how is he going to fit and how well is he going to play in a Brent Venables defense? And we're going to get to see that. Um, and they should be able to dominate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree with that 100%. Um, and it will be interesting. The, the other thing that is interesting, and I don't know for sure which of these guys are transfers or not. I do know they had some offensive linemen transfer in. But I do want to give these numbers. It was pointed out in the Discord today. And, you know, I think it's a somewhat valid point. Their left guard is 330 pounds. Um, and I do believe that that is their uh, – no, sorry, it's not. It's their center. Uh, the center, I believe, is their transfer. He goes 315 pounds, and their right guard goes 350. So 350, nice. 315, and 330. So I'm with you that while this defense should feast, right on this offense because it ain't very good but let's see what they can do with a 350 pounder like do we have guys if they, if and he may not be the strongest he may not have good pad level he may not do but 350 pounds hard to move right so yeah. if we like we talk about all the time in these non-conference games for me it's not even about the score right it's about the detail of the execution so like the defensive line okay great you held the line of scrimmage and therefore they didn't get a lot of rushing yards. But what I should see is you knocking their offensive line backwards, right? Like that's what we should see against this talent level. Um, and so that's, that's what we want to look for. And that's what we want to see um, in this game. And if you can do that against a 350 and a 330 guy, okay, now we're, 
now we're cooking, right? And maybe we've got something that will go through the rest of the year. Um, and so that'll be well, interesting. And I don't think, I honestly think they're probably their most talented areas, their wide receivers, but their line was pretty bad last year. And if that's the case, I don't know how much they'll get to showcase against this, uh, you know, against our defensive backs necessarily. Well, and, and you also, I, this is another thing that I think we we've kind of talked about a little bit too, is that could be a good sign uh, or a good chance for them to show the depth maybe like, or the, the, the rotation, right? Cause like yeah. we talked a little about this. So I think we're, especially if we, in the next few recruiting classes or years, um, if you keep those people in the boat is like, you could have where you have like a full on, like, so I think it was under Montgomery where you would like, literally, it's like you had like a three deep. That's like, you really couldn't see a major difference between the number one guys and the number three guys. Like you could tell a difference, but it wasn't like they weren't serviceable. So right. we may be able to see that. Cause if you're having to push a 350 pound guy around, like you're going to get tired if they keep running the ball at you. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. so, um, yeah, it's going to be, I think we may see a lot of that. I think we might see a lot of rotation, uh, on the, um, defensive line. Yeah. Uh, I would, I would agree with that. Um, you know, so it, it really will be interesting to see how they go, but all that to say, um, from an offensive standpoint, this team is just not great. Um, at least they were not last year. They're not changing quarterbacks. They're replacing a lot of offensive linemen. Um, you know, if there is a time for this defense to look elite, this is it, right? Like right. you, you need to come out and look. And when I say elite, they need to look dominant into the second and third, third guys on the depth chart, right? Like you need to put, they need to look dominant. They need to look dominant in garbage time. Yeah. A hundred percent. Right. And I, there may be a mental bust or something, but it, it needs to be very clear that you are better athletically and, on top of your game way more than the other team uh, at that point. So uh, that's that side. Um, I have lost my stats. My phone is locked up currently for the offensive side, but I do know that the, uh, uh, or sorry, their defense, their defense was also uh, right around the hundred range uh, last year in the eighties and nineties last year. Uh -huh. Look at this. Uh, and, and look, their defensive line is the opposite of the offensive line. It's all a bunch of guys in the 280s, 270s across that front line. Their edges are even like down in the 230s. Like Walter Rouse, eat. Savion Bird, eat. Like Andrew Rain, if you get bull rushed in this game and push backwards, yeah. what Kamiar said when we cross over with him, get ready. Somebody's coming for your job. If you get bull rushed by this squad and knocked backwards, we got major problems. We got major, major problems. But I think Matower will eat, and that Tyler Guyton should just Tyler Guyton should just be able to come straight down and just take the the tackle, the tackle on the end, just wipe them completely out. Like that's what should happen. He should be he should be throwing like defensive linemen into the into the second level, basically. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, it's it's definitely going to be like, um, it, it, like I said, it should be able to showcase what they can do. Right. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not going to be a great benchmark, but it's like some of the times these guys kind of games for one, it's, it's a good thing because, um, you're going into SMU the week after. Right. Um, so you're going to have a, you're going to have a jump in, uh, talent of your opponent going into that game. Right. Yeah. Um, so you're going to have that. 
And it's also like when you look at it, it's going to be um, like you want to get them to get their confidence up, right? Like you want to get them good game to get your cohesion because it doesn't matter if you're able to bully people around. You don't play as a cohesive unit, then things can still break. So um, I think it's a good thing. I mean, I'm excited to see. I'm please just give me I just the only thing is I just want to the lunch pail, bring your lunch pail, knocks people on their butts. That's all I want to see. Like, even if it's against Arkansas state, you know? Um, so, and like you said, Rame is the guy, if I'm circling one guy, I know like people have talked about Matower and some of the other guys, dude, Rame's the guy that I'm circling on that, that spot that I'm like, you got to show me something Mm. this, this season, not just in this game against, I mean, you really need to this game, but SMU, like, He's just not had it. And we haven't even talked about some of his other stuff with him, but it's like, he's the guy that's got to really stand up, show leadership, show that he has ability and impress the whole season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, this needs to be his year. Like this is, this has got to be the year. And if not, there's a reason why they brought some of the guys in that they have brought in and they are going to be nipping at his heels and, and he needs that. So, so let's, let's try this then. What is the one thing that you would like to see, Jared, from on the offense, and the one thing that you'd like to see from the defense? Like, what's the one thing you're watching this game and saying, "I gotta see this happen for our defense," and I've got to see this happen. Uh, Do you want my defense first, and then my offense, or sure, sure? Oh man, I think defense. I want to see like extremely strong linebacker discipline uh you know good gap discipline just good just good discipline throughout because this is the type of game where you should see that like that's to me that's still something you can measure um across the board because you're playing a hostile opponent you know this isn't scrimmage this isn't whatever you're playing an actual opponent um and that's something i think you can start to see is that going to be improved I don't think that it was necessarily terrible at times last year. I don't think the whole season it was. There was times it was. Um, and so it's it's definitely going to be uh, something that they need to um, show out on and like I think really be um, that that needs to be like tip top the whole game. And then offensively, I, I'm looking for um, Dylan Gabriel. I mean, I don't know how much he'll play. I mean, maybe he only plays a half or whatever. Hit a guy that's open. Like, don't I? If he <laughs> if he if he throws overthrows somebody or completely misses somebody that's standing with ten yards of of green grass around him in every direction, I might lose it. I might lose it. Um, because yeah. that's the thing that he's that was his big weakness last year. So. That's what yeah. I'm looking for. I'm going to have Dylan Gabriel probably as the guy that I'm watching the most. Obviously, like the receivers and stuff too, but the biggest thing, the one thing I'm going to be watching is this Gabriel. Yeah. And, and I would just say, because I don't want to, you, you kind of took one of mine, but I want to, you know, I keep saying this. I want to see Dylan Gabriel throw over the middle. I want to yeah. see even post routes. I want to see deep crossing routes like, Mm-hmm. I want to see him run that that zone breaker where they come from the one side to the other. You know, even Levy does that sometimes in his offenses. But when it gets to the open part of the middle of the field, he doesn't see it. When we've run RPOs in the tight end, he doesn't see it. And I need to see him throw to the middle of the field. And like you said, not overthrow it and hit his target. So 
Uh, defense first. Z in the chat says always defense first. So I'm going to say defense first as well. And so uh, I would say here's the one thing I'm looking for. I really want to watch the linebackers. Um, I really want to see um, – I want to see what the depth really looks like in that room. And I want to see what Kip Lewis looks like with little 10 or 15 extra pounds on him. And is this a guy we can count on? I want to see Kobe McKenzie have a concrete filled with helmet coming through there. And I want to see them be fast. And I want to see them, you know, really react and be physical. I think that that's probably on the defensive thing I'm watching the most outside of obviously the defensive line that everybody wants to see offensively. Uh, I mean, obviously Gabriel is, is up there. Um, Okay, I'm going to go off the beaten path here with this game. Okay. I want to see the tight end depth. I, like, for instance, I think we kind of know what Blake Smith is. Okay. He's a, he is literally a stopgap, right? But we do still have hope for Jason Llewellyn, who by all accounts is healthy now and right. has been getting reps the last few weeks. And look, Cade McIntyre is still in that room. And this is the guy that you and I, like early in the in the fall camp, said, hey, this is a guy that might need to step up. Now, look, he's undersized. He's still 225. Yeah. But let's see what he can. Can he be, can he be uh, um, Calcaterra for a freshman year? And then we put on 25 pounds on him in the in the offseason, right? Well, well um, even even look at uh um you know, I mean, like there's there's been plenty of guys. Like you had uh Calcaterra and then um why am I holy crap? I just blinked on Brain Willis. Uh, no, no, Brain Will. Well, Brain Willis a little bit too, but uh, why I don't do? Am I having like a stroke? I can't think of his name. Ravens, place for the Ravens. Oh, uh, Mark Andrews. Sorry, Mark, Mark Andrews. Andrews. Why can yeah. I not think of that dude? It's the hurricane affecting my brain. Um, Mark Andrews wasn't the biggest guy his his freshman year. You right. know, I mean, so is he, he could be kind of that he. I want to see if he can't start to fill that role of he may not be a guy that's going to line up and blow somebody off the ball like, you know, uh, in a in a blocking sort of scenario. But is he going to be that guy that's kind of like. Um, that 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 fill between like that weird spot where he's kind of in that that limbo land between um, receiver and tight end. You know what I mean? Like where it's like he's 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 bigger than a receiver, but he's not as big as a tight end. But he's he's got the movement of a receiver sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I'm excited to see that too. Yeah, um, I, I would love to to see. And look, if Caden Helms is healthy, you know, let's get him out there. And look, I Joe John Finley does not strike me as a guy that just says things to say them. You know what I mean? Like. He strikes me as very coach speak, right? Of yeah. just, but he said some pretty glowing remarks about the Faneuil kid, too. That is the basketball Cameron basketball transfer at tight end. His measurables look great. We've heard good things. We've just never seen him on the field. Like, you know, look, and I'm not saying we're going to watch him and say he's the breakout tight end of the year, but if next year. He could be a real body that you could use when Stogner's gone to to combine with Davin Mitchell. I'm I'm okay with that. So I think there's just mm-hmm. I feel like it's so funny. We went into the year really concerned about wide receiver, and the more that camp's gone along, I feel good. Right? Like I feel 
I feel like we have enough yeah. bodies there to get by. Let me say it that way. I feel like we have enough there to get by. I think Whereas it's in depth, maybe. Yeah, I don't think we have a superstar in there. Um, but, I mean, I feel like there are six guys in that room that we can get open. Whereas at tight end right now, it's old man broken Stogner, right? And we don't really know what, what else is, is behind there. And so um, super interested to, to see that and um, and get that going and all those things. So those are the two things I'm looking for. Jared, the more important thing is, what are you predicting for the score of said game? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm. Uh, it's first game of the year. First game of the year. So I'm full hopium. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go sixty-seven to. Wow. 67 to six. Wow. Wowzer. Yeah, I'm okay. Well, you definitely have them covering. Uh, there is no doubt about that. Uh, yeah, I'm not going that far. Can't I can't do that. Uh, for me, I am going to go 52 to 13. So still a cover. Definitely still a cover, but I do think there'll be a bust as the backups start to work their way in that will let let somebody get loose. Um, and I think even maybe a couple others, but they are they're able to hold right and just they get a field goal out of it a couple times uh, to get them to thirteen. So I'm going to say fifty-two to thirteen, but they call the dogs off, you know, early in the fourth quarter, running clock, and just let's get out of here and let's get home. But it's probably like thirty-five to three or um, you know, maybe even 38 to three at halftime kind of a thing. So, um, somewhere in that neighborhood, are there any other games on the schedule for this week that catch your eye? Because if you say Colorado and TCU, though, I'm going to punch you in the throat. Like I, that game is not, why does that interesting? Like it's prime. It's coach prime, right? It's uh, Dion. I mean, look, I, I'm not, definitely not a Dion fan by any stretch. Um, but the dude knows how to like stir. He he's the Colin Cowherd of coaches. He knows how to stir the pot and he knows how to get the spotlight and rile up everybody around him. So it is what it is. Right. Um, sure. But yeah, I mean, um, I don't even know. I, I know that there's this, like, this is the first week of football. So it's like, dude, I'm going to Saturday. I'm like, if I could, I'm on call for work, which I'm on call all the time, so it's not that big a deal now. But um, I'm going to basically, if I could, I just turn my phone off and literally just sit on my couch all day with like nothing but game day food. Like I've got got the wings, I got everything. It's like, dude, I just want to watch football. I don't even care, dude. Like it could be like Western Missouri Tech State University versus who the Vienna Boys Choir. I'm going to be watching it, dog. I'm going to be watching it. So, um, give me, give me yours, and I'm going to look up the schedule because I haven't even looked at the schedule. Well, honestly, obviously, like the biggest game on the week, I would say is LSU Florida. Right, week one, right out the gate. Um, they're playing on Sunday, not Saturday. Um, LSU is favored by only two and a half. And look, both of these teams are getting a lot of hype early in the season. 
a lot of love. Brian Kelly turned his kind of season around, and I think they ended up winning, what, their final seven straight, I believe it was, um, on the season. Florida State brought a lot of guys back that a lot of people thought was going to the draft. Um, you know, they think their quarterback's a Heisman hopeful, all those different things. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I'd say that that's probably the biggest game. Here's here's mine. I, I forgot that this game was this weekend, and I forgot it's actually tomorrow. Oh, Utah versus Florida. Oh, yes. Because we don't know. I haven't heard if they've announced. They may have announced. I haven't been able to to look this much at every other team's news. I don't know if Cameron Rising is going to be playing in the game for one. It, no one has said officially, but there have been several reports of most believe he is not going to play tomorrow. Exactly. So I I don't think he's going to play. But as, so from what I had heard um, from one of the Utah, like, you know, beat things or whatever, was that they're, they're backup. They're like really kind of high on the backup kid. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I just want to see because Utah is a team that obviously you're, you're going to need to quarterback play. But Utah is a team that I think it's kind of like this is kind of like two teams that seem to be on the rise. Right. Like Utah has definitely played at a higher level than they have in a long time. Yes. Um, you know, and Utah, and by the way, Utah and OU fans have this whole mutual hate for USC. So I'm here for it. <laughs> um, and then Florida is kind of the same way as like, they're on the rise. Like they've had some really good recruiting classes. They have some really high potential. That fan base is um, very hopeful for their future and thinks that they can make a little noise this year, even. Um, so it's going to be, it's kind of one of those, like it's the, I feel like whatever team wins this game is going to be one that could really start to like, that's like they could be, make that claim that they're truly on the rise, even though it's the sure. first game of the season. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And I think you got to go with Florida. If Cam rising doesn't play. I mean, me personally, um, that's, that's who I would circle for that one. Um, if Cam rising, if Cam rising plays, I think that could be a real war um, there. So, so who do you have in those two games? I think those are the two most interesting. Who are you picking Utah, Florida? Who are you picking LSU, Florida State? We we had to pick two Florida schools, right? I'm gonna have like oh, right. I'm gonna have I'm gonna oh, have picketers God. outside my door. Um, man. Okay, so I'll, I'll do LSU, Florida State. I'm gonna go Florida State. Ooh. Um, the reason. The reason being is I do think I do think that Florida State's finally kind of rooted out all the um issues. I guess we'll just put it simply that way that were left by uh Fisher when he left. Mm-hmm. Um and I think they're finally they're finally are getting things right, obviously. I mean, they had a great season last year. Um, so I think that they have a really good chance. And I think LSU is like I don't know. Like, I think LSU has a lot of talent, but I don't know. I just don't, I don't know that I buy as much of the hype as what everybody else is. So I'm going to go with them. And then my other one with Florida and Utah, I'm going to just go ahead and go again. We're going Hopium this week. I'm going to go Utah. Um, I think I said, apparently they're high on that. Um, Backup. They're high. They're high on that backup quarterback. There's, there's. They still have a very solid defense. I think, but they most of their defense is returning. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna go Utah. Uh. But I think that one's gonna be a that one could very easily be a dogfight. What about you? 
Uh, I again, I without Cam Rising, I can't pick Utah. I just can't. Um, you know, they lost some players too, Dalton Kincaid in the NFL and a few others, and so I think I'm going to go Florida in that game. Um, very hard for me to root for a man who has killed someone and then tried to pretend to be Cajun uh, for a night at a basketball game. Like I just, that's, that's really hard for me to root for. So I'm going to root for Florida State. Um, although the unemotional side of me says that LSU, I think might actually have more talent. And again, I, a lot of people have said this and I know that Florida State probably wasn't super motivated to play their best, but to watch a, 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 a lackluster OU team go in there and really bludgeon them for three quarters um, only to give up a field goal at the very end of the game to lose that one. This doesn't give me a lot of hope uh, that that team is as good as some people think. Right. So uh, well, that's they, who I'm they, going. they're playing in, I mean, the ACC is still not strong, right? Like, yeah. um, you know, it's Clemson and Florida state and that's about all you got there now. Well, um, I did find an ACC game that I would like to add just really quickly to our picks here. How about that? Drake May and the North Carolina Tar Heels will play South Carolina and the Fighting Beamers. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did not realize that game was. This okay. Can, can I, can I ask you this? Can I, I want to ask you this. Cause I think. Oh boy. I think most people will cheer for Beamer, right? Yes. Most of you fans have a very good, and he, he even like, he even got caught out. We talked about that. We got caught out a little bit where he's like, yes. Oh, you, there's nothing like it. Well, you know, and I had to kind of hey. backtrack. Well, um, I mean, I mean, nothing like it compared to South Carolina. Cause that's yeah. a great, yeah, I was like, good, <laughs> good save. Um, but I do love me some Beamer. Will you be cheering for Spencer Rattler this season? Will you actively, Will you be cheering for it? Let me put it this way. Will you be cheering for him or will you be cheering for him um, on behalf of Beamer, basically? Like, will you cheer for just so Beamer's successful? It, it's definitely more cheering for him on behalf of Beamer, right? Mm. But look, man, like, I'm all about kids growing up. And I do feel like in some of the interviews and things I've seen with him, because I do kind of track South Carolina just because of, of Shane, right, being over mm -hmm. there. It seems like he's grown up a little bit, right? I think he got humbled a little bit in all that he went through. And if he really did and he's really changed, then, yeah, I want him to succeed. The guy's got unbelievable talent. Like, if he would just get his head screwed on straight, I think the guy could really have a long career in the NFL. And so, yeah, I'm rooting for him. But, yes, I mean, if, if you're asking me which way that shades, it's more so for him on behalf of Beamer but I want him to succeed as well. Like I, I don't, I don't have any ill will towards him. And look, let's be honest. A guy like Spencer Rattler was not helped by a non-culture building Lincoln Riley that really just kind of let him do whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to punish the kid for that. Right. Yeah, like, I mean, it, I, and, and the thing is, is like, he's obviously made some comments about Oklahoma. I, but it's like, dude, you, our fan base cheered him off the field. Yeah. Or, you know, rooted for him to get sub, subbed out, you know? Um, like, I, I don't know that I blame him too much for having a grudge. No. I hope it's one of those things that he can reconcile later on his career. But it's like, dude, that's still pretty fresh for him. Yeah. Um. 
So I don't, I, that's one of those things, like, unless he came out and was like, man, like, you know, like saying really negative stuff about OU all the time, then I'd be like, okay, you need to chill. But it's like, right. he really hasn't. Like, it's been when somebody specifically asked him, and even then he's tried to kind of swerve the question as much as he can. So like yeah. I said, I think he's grown up. I don't know that he's, you know, um, a thousand percent where he should be. But at the same time, it's like, I think Beamer's going to build a culture a lot better. So than what Lincoln had and hold yeah. him more accountable. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm honestly like, I, like I said, I think I'm more on the behalf of Beamer, but at the same time, it's like, if he started really having a year, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like, I would start cheering for him. Like hundred percent, you know, if he was, I don't think he's going to have like a Heisman year. Right. But like, if he was, you know, if, if I was watching him and he's playing, I don't even know who all South Carolina plays this year. Let's say South Carolina is playing Georgia or Bama or whoever, and he's having a game. I'm going to start cheering for the kid. 100%. I'm going to start cheering for him. So, yes. um, yes. Anyway, but yeah, that was just, you know, I, it, there's a lot, there's honestly a lot of, for a week one, I feel like there's a lot of actually really good games. Yeah, there are some good ones. Um, and as far as that game goes, uh, I'm, I'm going with the Shaner, man. I, I think Shane's going to have prepared for multiple weeks for that game, pull some tricky stuff out, and they're going to turn it on and they're going to, Destroy the darlings that are uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels and Drake May's dreams of going to the playoff right there, you know, which they could still come back and win the ACC. But um, I think they will dash them in that game. And Mac Brown will well, try can to I, can answer I, for Drake May. Can I can I just ask? Because I'm going to I would also pick the, the Beamer boys. Oh, right? nice. But let me ask you this about Mac, because I don't want to talk like I actually like Mac as a person. And sure. even as a coach, I think he's pretty like he doesn't build like a toxic culture necessarily. No, but we kind of saw things get away from a Texas. And some of us were like, is that a Texas thing? Is that a Mac thing? Um, my question to you is, do you think that because Mac Brown's at UNC that they've been overhyped every year, just like he was when he was at Texas? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, if you really go back to his first year there, nobody really expected much out of them. And then they went on a run, right? And now, look, the guy he had there at quarterback is probably going to be starting for the Washington Commanders. I mean, like, they brought in some dudes, man. He He's tried to wall off the state as much as he can. But, look, Drake May is good. If Caleb Williams didn't exist, the talk that we would have about Drake May would be through the roof, right? But the reality is, is Caleb Williams is generational and he's just overshadowed the kid. But I mean, it's like, that's going to be your one, two in the draft next year, right? Or those mm -hmm. two guys. And so, yeah, no, I don't think that they're overhyped. The ACC is not any good. Like we've said multiple times, it's, it really is Clemson and Florida state and then North Carolina. And then that's it. Right. So you get past one of those games, you got a great opportunity to go really far to make a conference championship, et cetera, et cetera. I think, I think they're fine. So. Okay. I just was curious. I mean, I just, I feel like there's been years that they've been overhyped overall. I think it's probably fine. I think this year, like you said, the ACC's again, not good. Um, it, it's one of those things, like really, when you look at the ACC, Clemson should probably is probably is the best team in that conference. Right. Should be, uh, yeah, should be. And if they are, it's like, it's really like one team. Like there's a plenty of other teams that I think have some potential. I don't think any of them are great, 
But it's like right. if 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 a North Carolina showed up and played Clemson and upset them, that's all they need, really. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, to be in the driver's seat. It's it's basically anybody shows up and surprises Clemson, they're kind of in the driver's seat from that point because that conference just is not good. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I would agree with that. Um, beyond a shadow of a doubt, I would agree with that. So very, very good. Well, it is here. College football season is here. It is upon us. Matter of fact, it's here tomorrow. Like, right? Like, I keep saying Saturday, but really, it's here tomorrow. It's going. I know there was week zero last week. I just don't. I don't even. Whatever. What, I don't. What, I don't count that. Let me. Let me ask you this before we wrap. Okay. Are you doing? Are you? Are you cooking out anything? Are you? Are you doing any game day food? Are you doing uh, anything for the game? I don't. We keep going back and forth. The problem is. I have a very full Friday. The original plan was me to smork, smoke a pork shoulder and have yeah, smork, uh, <laughs> smoke a pork shoulder on Friday and have pulled pork sandwiches. And then our game day treat is you take that pulled pork, sprinkle it on some chips, put a little cheese, put a little cilantro, a little bit of chopped purple onion on there, throw it in the oven and get it nice and crispy. The best nachos you will ever have, my friend. So that was the original so, plan, but I don't know that we'll have the time. So I'm actually that actually has got, got me where I want to. I'm going to try something. I'm going to experiment this year a little bit. Oh, because I saw somebody that did this, and I don't know how well it's going to work, but we're going to try it. So I'm going to do. I'm thinking about doing a like smoking some pork, right? Yep. And then I'm thinking about taking that and putting it into my some part portion of that and shredding it and putting it in my queso. With, yes. with some like pork sausage and I usually do pork sausage and hamburger and then like Rotel. Um, I've even last couple of years done like chopped, done diced uh, jalapenos in there for a little bit of kick. Heck yeah. You know, so I always like to make a bunch of queso. So I'm probably going to do that. I'm probably going to do wings. Um, and then um, I, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'll, like I said, I'll do the pork. And so I'll have that for kind of being able to do pulled pork sandwiches or whatever. But I'm like very much a person like I'm totally... I'm like job of the hut on game day, dude. It's like, I sit around and eat all freaking day. Like I'm just a blob. <laughs> um, so, but it's like, that's why I like to cook those sorts of things, but I'm excited, dude. Like we get to do, we get to watch football. We yeah. actually get to like cook out again. Like it's like, it's here guys. Like it's, yeah. it, it's so hard to believe. Why is it so hard to believe that it's here? By the way, can I little, I did not plan on doing this, but I'm going to do it now. Uh, little, little humble brag. Very quickly, uh, to our tailgate barbecue contest that we had last Saturday, my wings finished second place, which I felt very good about. I felt well about considering I was running the event and cooking at the exact same time. Home field advantage. Home field okay. advantage. No one knew they were my wings, by the way. Number two, mm. here's the other side. Uh, when Curtis Lofton showed up for the day, um, he kind of snuck in the back door. We were like, hey, have you had lunch? He's like, no, dude, ESPN's been at my house all day. We were like, what? And he's like, yeah, they're doing this whole where are they now series. And so they're doing a story on me and my family. So he said, they've been at my house since seven. So I have not eaten anything. I told them, look, y'all have to wrap up. I have to be somewhere right now. And I was like, well, dude, there's a little bit of food left. So he kind of goes around and goes, let me sample some things and I'll see what, what belongs to you. And I was like, okay. So he kind of goes through and takes some samplings, and he's like, "Whoa, these wings, man! These wings!" He goes back, he cleans out the rest of the wings. Totally cleaned them out. Was like, "Dude, those wings! Like, did somebody grill these? Are these smoked? What are they?" I was like, 
those are smoked wings. And he goes, how'd they get so crispy? I was like, well, I got a little, so he goes, oh, these are yours? And I was like, yeah, they are. And he goes, okay, those are good. And I was like, okay, that's all I needed. Curtis Lawson yeah. approved, I'm in. Like, I don't, I don't care if it was home field advantage or not. That was, that was legit. And the chicken I lost to was fantastic. The guy brought whole spatchcock chickens and they were, they were legit. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, it was really. I, good. you know, you know what's funny is I need to go in. I, I've got one when I'm so I'm going to be back in Oklahoma next week. Yeah, you are. And and I we need to make a run over to uh, Cosmos so I can go in there and be like, dude, like every person in in Florida, I've been like, dude, you got to try this rub. I got to try that. You got to try this rub. My my boy Kiwi, uh, he lives in uh, Utah now, going to school out there, and he even like he's a big cook and all that stuff. Pretty sure he's ordered like five of the different Cosmos rubs. Um, <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, um, very hyped for the food. So that's awesome, though. Uh, we just let's just let's just get Curtis on here. Let's just kick you on, put Curtis on the pod. I I'm I'm working my way there. I'm working my way to be brave enough to ask him <laughs> to even come on. He kind of scares me and intimidates me a little bit. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and see. But I'm, I'm well. If you weren't if you weren't built like a a 12 year old boy, then maybe we wouldn't be so scared of dude. Of it wouldn't matter what I was built like, bro. Like I'm, I'm not, um, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not going. And as he even said, as he spoke at our church, um, I have very heavy hands and I will throw them. Um, if you disrespect me, <laughs> it's like, okay, well, uh, yeah, I don't want any of that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that, that'd be awesome. Uh, that's, no, that's pretty awesome, dude. He was, he, he was one of our favorites when he was at OU, you know, oh we loved gosh. him. So, uh, it's, it's, I'm, I'm hoping that's another thing that we talked about real quick before we wrap. Um, what's they think about that? What do you think about all the linebackers that came through with Venables that Ronald's recruited and stuff where you had Rufus, you had Curtis, you had, uh, you obviously Rocky and Teddy, um, Torrance Travis Marshall. Lewis, Torrance Travis Marshall. Uh, Why can't I not think Ke- uh, Keenan Clayton? Was that his name? Uh, maybe. I don't. He played. He definitely played in the Florida National. He was kind of a thinner safety hybrid. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know you're talking about. I don't know if he was. Was he li- at linebacker? Did he yeah, play? Like... He's a linebacker. I mean, okay. I think it was kind of the start that, like, of hybrid. Yeah, he's yeah. Very hybrid like. He was the one that was three inches away from knocking the jump pass from Tim Tebow away yeah. uh, that sealed the game in that one. Uh, but he was great. Lewis Baker. Oh, my gosh. Lewis Baker. Curtis Lofton. Um, heck, Tom Wart, as much as maybe didn't live up all, but man. Dude, he he could lay the lumber, dude. Um, yeah. So, yeah, there's. I'm just excited to see that. I mean, there, obviously, there's other position groups we could highlight. Safety, Roy Williams, all those guys. But that's what I'm saying, like, if you really sit down and look at all the guys, as much as I've seen other fan bases like, ha ha, oh, you got Brent Venables. I'm just trying to rip Brent Venables right now. I'm like, dude, when it comes to what he's produced, yeah. you can't question that guy. You yeah. cannot question that guy. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. Hopefully, maybe we'll talk. Maybe in maybe in 10 years, we'll be talking about Danny Stutzman or Canick or Kobe McKenzie or whatever. Yeah. So, well, and, and very quickly, we haven't talked about on this pod, but David Stone, a huge get. Speaking of which, the one yes. thing Brent Venables can do is recruit. And there is a lot of smoke right now that Dominic McKinley is kind of back and forth between us and Texas right now is what it sounds like. 
Um, we don't know that for sure. I have been very bullish that I believe that Dominic McKinley will end up with OU. Um, again, I don't, I don't know his cousin. I haven't talked to his co. I'm no insider. Just reading the tea leaves of a couple things, looking at a, you know, from just my outside perspective of looking at it all. I think OU has a very good chance to land McKinley, and if they do, man, what what a turn of events from us being just ready to go scorched earth and all things recruiting, and there's a real chance now that you could be landing in the next couple of weeks, David Stone, Dominic McKinley, and Nigel Smith, um, all in the course of about two to three weeks would be a icing on the cake, but again, you cannot deny that this staff knows how to recruit and they are doing a dang good job of building this roster back up. Yeah. I mean, going to the SEC, you're gonna have to be up there. There's a good chance. Like, I think right now we moved up to what, like we're like 12th or 13th, depending on what service. Like we're in that, like, yeah, just 11 outside the to 13 10. range. Yeah. 11 yeah. To 13 we're just, range. just outside the 10, but it's like, dude, if you get some of these guys in the boat, I don't think they're going to be like, some people have been staying top five or something. I was like, I don't think we'll be top five, but we could be well into the top 10. We it don't all have, we don't, it all hinges on it all hinges on Nawari. Yeah, if, if you believe that there's really a chance that they can keep recruiting him and get him back in the boat, then that changes everything. If if yeah. that happens, there's a chance for top five. If not, yeah, seven, seven, nine, you know, somewhere in there. But still, that's that's great. It, it's going to be. I mean, and here's the thing that I just want to highlight. Uh, we've talked about this. We talked about this cameo. We talked about this last week. You're going to have to recruit all these guys at the end. They're going to have to have a good season. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of factors. So it's like, let's not turn into that fan base that thinks that we're winning the championship trophy in September or whatever. Like, you know, it's like, right. it's until the end of the cycle, till there's ink on the paper, as we've seen with Peyton Bowen, it yeah. does not matter what you, who, who you're committed to. And that's Correct. just the day and age we live in. We could end up with no worry. We could end up with all those guys, or we could end up with none of them. Like any Correct. of those are possible scenarios. Yeah. So in Sooner Nation, just don't don't turn into that fan base that one guy we miss on one guy. That's what that's what drove me nuts is we missed on Nawari or whatever. He goes to Mizzou or commits to Mizzou. And everybody's like, oh, my God, we lost another one. This is like, oh, and it's like, guys, like this is what's going to happen. You don't think out. Al- you think Alabama or Georgia gets every single five star they go after. They miss on them on occasion, too. Now, yeah. they land a lot of them. Right. But again, they miss on them too. And their fan base isn't like, oh, well, we missed on Nowary, so uh, the season's over. Kind of. I mean, they're pretty not to the same level that I feel like. Oh, like I was seeing people being like, our oh, like literally we missed on Nowary and like our, our recruiting still sucks. And I'm like, Right. Still... But again, you gotta, you know, I'm with you. I agree with you. Right. I agree with you. But I think we all felt that, man, we haven't been able to get five star lineman in the past. We thought we were gonna get them now. We thought we had David Hicks and then literally 30 minutes before he changed. We thought we had Nawari and apparently the day before he changed, right? Like mm-hmm. it was just snowballing in that we're winning, we're winning, we're winning. Oh, they're going somewhere else, right? We're yeah. winning, we're winning, we're winning. And I, that's that's what had people all. But yes, that's five-star recruiting. That That is five-star and, recruiting. And nobody, nobody knows. Nobody knows besides... I, I would bet that there's even parents of the kids that don't know where their kid's going. Right. Oh, there's surely there are sometimes that that's happening. Sure. So, so like if you have a beat writer or whoever, I'm not trying to dog on anybody. I'm not trying to get in some drama where I have everybody subtweeting each other, but it, nobody knows they're giving their best guess. That's all they can do. Right. Yeah. So people that come and say, 
we know that so-and-so is going to Oklahoma or Texas or wherever. They don't know. They, that kid could, if you're thinking, think of yourself again, I say this a million times, think of yourself when you're 16, 17 years old, your decision changed with the wind, right? So while this is big life decisions, it's the same with these kids. Um, and especially just with the May, the, the day's age of recruiting, it's even more so it's, it is going to be what it is. So, but I'm excited. Like I said, they, they are recruiting. They're in on the fights with guys that they wouldn't have been in on two or three years ago. Um, you know, so I'm excited. Let's let's get some let's see some grown men just absolutely hit each other this weekend. Let's hope for a good season and let's hope that they can keep those guys in the boat. Yeah, 100 percent. So, well, that's it for today. Again, you heard it here. Jared's got us winning by 60 something points. I've got us winning by 39 points this weekend. Um, we've got some different upsets through the week, so it's going to be fun. It's exciting to have back. We will try our very best this weekend to have a recap of what we saw in the game this weekend. Uh, so be sure that you look for that. And so all that said, if you enjoyed this podcast, please like, subscribe, and follow. That helps us again. Um, we try to get interviews going, but uh, the big help we need is those five-star reviews, and we need those subscriptions to help us be able to get us in the door uh, to get some of those things for you. But, man, we would sure like to do it. We're having a great time. We hope you are too. And so we will talk to you guys later. Cha-ching, a Thunder Money Ball. You can unhitch the wagon. Put the ponies in the ball.